0: Welcome to Talk with Claude, we are Monday, uh, March 16th, 2020. Um, so I just want to cover a few things here uh, and some of it will have to do with uh, the uh, local stuff going on, plus a debate around uh, asking Revelswood Mountain Resort to close its doors to avoid spreading coronavirus. Um, so I'm just going to go over a few things that's important to know about coronavirus. I made some notes here so I don't forget anything. Uh, I'm going to keep it really basic. A lot of information is out there. So some important things to know right now about coronavirus. Okay, and I'm no expert I'm taking the information off what I consider reliable sources. Um, you know, if you've got differences in opinion, please leave your comments below. And uh, if I need to recheck my sources, I will. Uh, but right now, so it's a very infectious disease. Uh, for sure there are some diseases that are more infectious. What's particular about this one is that it spreads uh, it seems to spread before symptoms appear. okay. So there's an incubation period of somewhere typically between 2 and 14 days. There's a lot of variability. Uh, I believe the mean, Wait here, but I, I looked at the mean um, uh, incubation rate was uh, somewhere along the lines of uh, three or four days. Okay, but up to 14 days, apparently, there's also uh, been some reported cases of 22 25 days of incubation. Okay, and it's uh, typically seems to stay on surface between three to four days but there's some data coming out that it may uh, still be alive on surfaces nine days after okay that's quite a long time so it's uh, the potential for it to spread because it's contagious but um, mainly because it's contagious before people know that you're contagious so what's happening the way to look at it is a bit like you're trying to drive a car But there's a huge lag between the time you turn the steering wheel and the time the car turns right so when you see something coming you turn the steering wheel and then it takes time to catch up so it's a bit the same thing um chances are we're going to be finding out next week about the people who are infected and running around this week right and that's why in this case it's particularly important for people to be diligent, business owners to be diligent. Now I'm not talking about closing down the entire town, but if we can at least this week close down non-essential services, let, um, let the employees go home and uh, limit uh, contact, person-to-person contact, which is the main way it spreads, then we can really limit the amount of new cases okay and um, so why that's important is the uh, death toll will tend to go up quite a bit um, with the uh, according to the ability of the healthcare system to deal with the problem so if um, we let the cases spike right so if we continue doing what we've been doing and pretending, uh, just living life like there is no virus, then there's going to be a lot more contagion. This week, people will will catch the disease. They won't probably show any symptoms for another week. They'll have a chance to infect other people. And that's the real particularity about this coronavirus that's going around, okay? So it's really hard to do, okay? So I'm isolating myself right now because I've actually uh, I've had symptoms for a couple of days and my youngest son um, had some fever um, it was like Sunday um, and uh, he was really tired. He's starting to recover now. He's more energetic, but he's got lumps in his throat. I've got a, a little bit of lumps now. These are symptoms like you can hear me talk right now. I, I had a little bit of a dry cough, especially in the morning. Now, these are symptoms that normally I would go to work. You know if this was any other year uh any other situation i would probably go to work now i drive a bus that fills up with people and i just drive back and forth to the resort right so imagine the case that whatever it is i have would actually be this very infectious um, virus and i'm not showing any like i can feel the symptoms but to, to the outside person getting in my bus they'd have no clue that i was infectious um and i infect a few people and then they go to the resort and they ride the gondolas. people are getting in and out uh you know once you're on the train and in the in the outdoor outdoors not a problem but in the in the lineups uh, inside the cabins that can be a real problem now i i'm quite aware that uh, rmr said that they would uh, take measures to limit the uh, proximity but the reality is people will do what people will do um, and i want to tell you like i know how hard it is because i know how hard it was with me and i've been following this for a while now so i'm a bit ahead of the curve and i'm also staying home right now for me does not cause any immediate worry future worries for sure and i'm going to talk about the economy and situations that that will arise from this but uh in the immediate I'm, I'm okay to stay home and it was still really hard for me and probably the hardest part for me is to kind of have committed to doing this job knowing that the job is open that i'm you know I, I was off work this uh this fall because of some unrelated case and now i'm i'm back at work and i was quite happy to be back at work and you know i work with some fine people and i i feel like i'm really disappointing them you know Subconsciously, it was really hard for me to call in and say, "Listen, my son's been sick. He had a fever. I'm feeling symptoms. It's probably safer for me to stay home and kind of lock myself in and um, avoid spreading the uh, the virus. If if that's what I have, I and that's another problem right now is test kits are extremely limited. Uh, I call. It took me first of all. I was told to call the eight one one number. Uh, I been calling for two days this morning i finally managed to get uh, uh, in they, I, they wouldn't even take my call i managed to get to their automated answering service which told me to go on their website basically um eventually i wrote a an email to my doctor i got an answer back uh, at this point because my symptoms are mild um, and they want to leave those test kits available for more severe symptoms and people with uh, either immune suppressed or more, more vulnerable population. Um, they did not direct me to get a test. So basically, I'm told to assume that whatever I have is the virus that I'm potentially contagious right now and to limit my interactions. All right. So to. Um, To anybody who's uh, thinking about breaking into my place to steal all my stuff, know that I've licked every doorknob around and the place is completely infected. So you'd be way, way putting yourself in prison. Now, um, so what I I want you to know is that had I not made that conscious decision to not go to work, um, I could potentially be... A whole bunch of people that would spread that further, right? And it would have been really, really easy for me to do. And I, I know some of you probably have worse symptoms than I have and have shown up for work and have done this, but that's not a stop. And like for me, it's really important that with the information I have, I take responsibility and do what I think is morally best and not um, wait to be told. That's not how I live my life. For anybody who, sh- who knows me, you know, that, you know, I'm, I sometimes have points of view that aren't very popular. Uh, I get the backlash for it. I allow myself to speak up when I think it's right to do so. Um, I've made errors in the past. I've apologized for them for the most part. Um, so I know how hard it is because for somebody like me who is, probably less problems than the average person to follow his conscience and act that way, um, it was hard enough. So. And then there's a real uh, normalcy bias, right? So this is new. This is not something that we've been confronted with. The last similar episode that, that we can really compare this to would be uh, the Spanish flu of 1918. So. Um, You know, unless you're over 100 years old, you weren't around back then. And even if you are over 100 years old, you probably don't remember it because you were so young, right? So um, nobody has a real connection to a similar situation. So it's really hard to come out of your normalcy bias and see this as something that you need to react with. Um, You know, I'm not one. I fought the idea of mandatory vaccination and government overreach and governments having to step in and, and close businesses and and you know force people to close force people to stay indoors and uh, you know enact martial law and I'm, I'm totally against that but for that not to happen people have to start being responsible for themselves okay um, if you don't take the morally right action you can bet that there are some people in power that are just waiting for the opportunity for things to get bad enough so that they can jump in there and take control. Okay, that's that's what the power hungry do. So you're actually doing yourself a service by paying attention, getting ahead of the curve and not allowing things to get really bad. That way we won't need government to step in and to take decisions for us. and those decisions may not be as beneficial as they pretend it will be okay Um, what else so uh, the death rate as of now is around 2.5% globally okay and there's some uncertainty and there's some variability depending which areas uh, the virus has spread and how the local, um, how it was dealt with locally. Okay, but we're talking about around 2.5%. According to WHO, by comparison, the common flu is around 1%. So this is about two and a half times um, higher death rate. Okay and the death rate goes up according to how hard it is for the system to deal with it one of the most influential factors is how many people get sick at the same time okay you don't want your medical system to be overrun so if you take precautions early then that doesn't happen it's uh what they call flattening the curve okay there's some good graphics uh going around right now to demonstrate what that looks like okay uh, so predicting the spread how the virus is gonna spread is actually very easy right now because we've seen it happen in China we've seen it happen in a number of European countries but the virus basically always follows a very very similar curve so based on stuff that we already know we can easily predict what's likely to happen in Canada where we're actually a week around a week behind the United States and the United States is about a week behind uh, the European countries Um, so we have a pretty good idea of of how um, things are going to move here right so we're in a really privileged position to take action now to avoid it being as bad as it's been in places where that knowledge wasn't quite as clear because they were first in line to experience it, understand that. Um, and the other thing that's important, that death rate of 2.5% isn't spread equally amongst the population, okay? So I'm going to do a quick screen share here, we see this works. Um, so I'm going to share right here. Okay, so hopefully you can all see that. So uh, this is uh, coronavirus updates live at worldometer.info slash coronavirus. So total cases uh, right now, 179,836, 7,096 deaths, and 78,292 have recovered, okay? Uh, Out-of-the-closed cases, so where the illness has worked its way through to an outcome uh, worldwide. So, 78,292 recovered, uh, and that's uh, 92%. And the total of death, once the illness has worked itself, through 8%. Okay, and obviously those are... Those aren't estimated courses, uh, cases, they're actually the cases that are known to be actual coronavirus cases, right? So there's a lot of people that may have coronavirus, such as myself right now, because I have some symptoms, but they're not confirmed cases that would enter into those statistics. So that's why in the estimated um, death toll, it's, it's lower than 8% because it estimates the amount of people that may have the virus that... Um, aren't um, haven't been tested to as a known case for sure. Okay. Out of the active cases, seven percent are critical right now, and ninety-three uh, percent have mild conditions. So that gives you an estimate of an estimate of where they expected the cases to end up. Okay. So if you look at the case, uh, the total cases. Early on, this is mostly China, exponential curve leveling off. And then um, February 11th, uh, a big jump in known cases with another onset of exponential curve as the virus hits Europe, um, America, and various other countries. Okay, Obviously, the death toll um, follows a very similar curve. So, um, country by country, all right, we can see here some countries fare better than others. So, if I look at uh, China, uh, numbers in China uh, with the regime down there, there's always the raising of an eyebrow as no forgetting the proper numbers or not, um, but. Out uh, of the closed cases, apparently a 95% recovery rate with a 5% death toll. Um, and they're quite advanced in their curve and their situation is leveled off, right? So you can see the leveling off of the uh, cases. They're having very few new cases comparatively to where we are right now in Canada, where there are very few actual cases, but new cases are on the increase because we're not taking precautions. Okay, uh, let's go back. So let me look. I took a look at France. So France has 6,632 cases at the moment. They've had 148 deaths and 12 recovered. That means there's a whole lot of cases. Right now, they're right in it. They have a whole bunch of active cases, right? So they've only got 160 closed cases and 6,473 open cases and um, right now in closed cases so the people who got it early uh, in france and uh, had an outcome so 12 of them recovered out of 160 148 deaths that's a death toll of 93 percent that is a scary number out of the active cases 94 people exhibit mild conditions and 6% have serious or critical conditions. Um, So that's much more similar to the uh, China numbers as far as predicting what the final death toll will be. Uh, Once again, big exponential curve. So this here is what happens when you're not paying attention, okay? In the case of France, um, you know, things were very mild and, and uh, very under the radar until late February. Starting in early March, new cases start to ramp up and here we are, March uh, 15th or 16th, uh, that's the data from yesterday. Um, so cases uh, reaching uh, very high ramping up here. Okay, so here we have six thousand um, active cases, six thousand four hundred seventy-three cases. If I go to Canada, they they don't have the graphs for Canada, unfortunately. So if I go to Canada, we're sitting here at three hundred seventy-six cases. There's been thirty-five new cases declared since yesterday. Uh, I know. The lines are busy right now with 811, so people are inquiring. Probably more people are getting tested as well. There's also been three more deaths. Okay, we had one death declared yesterday. Today we're up to four. Okay, so if you calculate, that's uh, that's quite an increase in in terms of percentage. Something you have to consider. Okay, uh, 11 recovered, um, and we still have 361 active cases out of 370 six people and that's uh, 10 cases by a million people if um, so we're right at the beginning here but we have all these countries that have you know in Europe we're looking at you know 1,400 cases Netherlands Norway so they're they're over the 1,000 mark the USA to the 4,000 mark with uh 12.6 people per million population um so there's you know they, they they're at weeks ahead so they give us a pretty good idea of what's coming up right? so look at their curve here so if we look at our curve we'd be like one week behind so somewhere around uh around here right right around here so Um, yeah, depending what we do now, if we take the right decisions, then we can level this off and not deal with an exponential function. The exponential function means there's, there's a doubling, right? And the doubling happens at a set you know, every six days, approximately, you'll have double the cases and we can limit that. We can expand the time between the doubling to allow our services to deal with this okay but it takes sacrifice for a business to close it'll take a sacrifice they're going to take a hit all the businesses have at least a running debt where you know they have to move money around and so payments have to be made on a regular basis all Own, uh, property owners of mortgages that need to be paid on a regular basis um renters have rent due on a regular basis so we all have money coming out we all owe money Uh, whether you know our overall balance is in debt or not that money has to circulate if you're not going to work as an employee um, then that money is not coming in if you're an employer in your business then um, and you closed then that money isn't coming in from your customer because you're closed Um, so no matter who it is there has to be a sacrifice made right so the employee is waiting for their employer to make that sacrifice and say, well, you know, you can't come in. And, and that has a way down, but uh, that trickles down either way. The truth of the matter is, if you look at this exponential curve, which we will be going through in a week, things will close by force, right? So the difference is if you isolate yourself now, you risk not being sick and not spreading it and be effect of taking a decision early has an exponential beneficial effect on the, po- on the local population right so if you can make the decision to come out of that system and and not contaminate anyone early then um, you can really help things out um, but if you wait you're still gonna be out of a job but now you might be sick or you might be in a community where a lot more people are sick. So this is so contagious that I expect a lot of people to get it. Because it's it's really hard it's really hard to contain because things that spread without any other outside signs. If you've got somebody who's, you know, puking and feverish and, and spitting everywhere, you're not gonna get near, we have that reflex, right? But if you have just everyday everyday person that seems fine then you're not going to have that uh, that reaction to protect yourself right so you're gonna potentially get infected and then spread it as signs are going to show up uh, on yourself fairly easy so I expect probably most people in my community to get this but if we don't get it all at once then we can deal with it if if we can spread it out over a longer period, then it's easier to cope. The other thing too is that, um, you know, if you're thinking, oh, well, I, I can't afford to stay home, so I'm gonna go despite the fact that I either have symptoms or that I may get infected or I may not have symptoms and I might be participating in spreading this. Well, truth is we're one week behind. So if you look at what's going on in the States within a week, you're going to be forced to stay home and and, uh, money is not going to circulate. So um, the consequences economically, either at a personal level or at a local level or at a world level, it's going to be there. The difference is you risk being sick and having an overwhelmed medical system at the same time that you run out of money. And that is uh, not as good a situation as if at least you're healthy or if you do get sick you're not in a situation where your local health system is completely overwhelmed. And I know it takes a lot of courage to take the right action here. And it's it goes against our initial um drive to, to just want to keep going and kind of ignore it, you know, it'll just go away. But, um, yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, Unless you believe that the virus is fake and, and all this is just fake news propaganda, um, which, uh, you know, I don't know what to say. Uh, you know, what if it is and you stay home for a couple of weeks and you know, even if, even if it's propaganda, and, you know, this is already going to crash the world economy, so, so you got that to deal with. So that weak extra isn't going to make a huge difference um, in the long term. And if you're wrong about it being fake news and there is a virus that's contagious and that has the potential to kill a portion of your population, um, then, you know, way better If you take the right uh, actions right now, and you limit the damage, okay. I'm going to share again here. I just want to talk about um, which populations are at risk. So, so here, just um, go back here. So uh, if we look at the uh, useful info, age, sex, and existing conditions of coronavirus. Yeah. So uh, as far as age group, that's most at risk, uh, 80 plus. Okay, so uh, the older you get, and this is like, if you were to trace these percentage numbers right here, that would be almost an exponential curve. So. A huge focus of the deaths are going to be 80 years and older. So that's your vulnerable population. 70 to 79, 8%. 60 to 69, 3.6%. And 50 to 59, 1.3%. Below that, you're basically falling into the death rates similar to flu. 0.4, 02 and luckily, zero to nine years old, no fatalities. Um, so that's that's a really good thing. Okay. Now, uh, ratio to sex. Apparently, um, males seem to be almost twice as likely to die from uh, from the disease as females. Not sure why there, but that's what the data says Um, now this is important Comorbidity. so if you have factors that affect you outside the actual disease so the number one factor that seems to be um, correlated to the uh, higher death rate would be cardiovascular disease in 13.2 percent of confirmed cases Diabetes, so you're more at risk if you have diabetes. Chronic respiratory disease, it is principally a respiratory illness, okay? Contrary to what you might think, uh, based on the uh, toilet paper flying off the grocery shelves, it's not a shitting disease, Uh, it's a respiratory disease. Hypertension, Uh, so once again, cardiovascular, uh, 8.4, percent Cancer obviously if you're dealing with cancer um obviously you have a compromised immune system and uh you're probably more exposed and more likely to suffer from the the virus so and then with no pre-existing condition if we were to remove all these pre-existing condition the uh death rate would fall to 0.9%, which is similar to the flu. Okay, so for your average person, there's no need to panic uh, in the sense that, you know, would you panic if it was the flu? And this is like for yourself, if you're not in a compromise, if you don't fall within these categories of cardiovascular disease, diabetes, chronic respiratory disease, hypertension, and cancer. Okay, that being said, you're in a situation you're in a privileged situation where this virus probably won't kill you you may not even get a severe form of it but you are in a situation where you're you're likely to uh, because you probably have a mild form of it which you wouldn't recognize as anything different than the flu you're more likely to spread it and so you might spread it to um, people that will spread it to their family watch their parents and grandparents Die from it, um, and all you need to do it like you don't. There's no vaccine for it, right, so it's not like oh, you know, I want you to get vaccinated. All you have to do is you know stay home for a couple of weeks. Incubation period is uh, typically no more than 14 days, two weeks. Vacation is what it costs you to really alleviate the damage. Okay, so. I don't know whether that's such a huge sacrifice, but it seems to be. Okay. Sources here, the epidemiological characteristics of an outbreak of 2019 coronavirus disease and report of the WHO, China, joint mission on coronavirus 2019, COVID-19. All right. Um, Next up. Let's talk about the market uh, as I speak. Oh my God. <laughs> so in the time that I've been making this video, cause I think that a couple of times, the Dow Jones industrial average, New York stock exchange went from falling 2,000 points to falling nearly 3,000 points. We're talking about a drop of 12.93%. The drops that we've been seeing these, this last week and the week prior with the um uh triggering the stopping of trading um is something we already had never seen like this number a drop of nearly 3000 points i don't know that anybody's ever seen that so if you look at the curve here this is the uh last 3 years so um so it's we're down to 20. So the, if you follow this is yesterday and if you follow it down to today, the curve is actually going down. We, we've erased more than three years of, of Dow here. So back to the five year um, down. So we've, we've erased about five years of Dow Jones. If you're not invested in the market, you're probably well, Why should I care? Um, basically, what you should know about that, and I did make some notes for this because I don't want really to forget anything. Okay, so you know, if you're thinking, "Oh, but you know, I'm, I kind of feel sick, but I'm going to go to work anyways," or um, even if you're not sick, you probably should make that decision. Employers should make that decision. RMR should make that decision to really alleviate what's going to happen for sure we're gonna to to go through that exponential curve same as everybody else did uh, but we can lower that angle and um, those new cases so right now the world economy is loaded with debt okay it's been pumped full of debt every crisis we've had has pumped pumped has served as a reason for the central banks of the world to pump more money debt. there's a real Um, liability in backing the banks because that allows them to make poor choices. And when they make poor choices and they fail, governments come out and bail out their friends, the bankers. And so once you start socializing the failures and um, allow banks to gain profit from their successes, then that's not a free market anymore. And that's the problem we have. We don't have a free market anymore. Every time the central banks jump in and pump money into this market to keep it afloat, what they're doing, they're raising the numbers, but what they're doing is they're crowding out actual trades. They're crowding out slowly the actual free market. If they were to show up and say, okay, we unilaterally unilaterally decide that we're not gonna have a free market anymore. We're taking over. We're going to um, nationalize all these big industries. We're gonna go full on communists on you. That probably wouldn't fly. So what's happening right now instead is that they're not allowing these corporations to fail, but they're pumping them full of debt. So they're, they're, they're trying to pump up the market by pulling a thousand, 1.5 trillion dollars out of their ass and flooding the market with it. And now, uh, this weekend, and I've, I've never actually seen them do something like that during the weekend. So these are special times. They added another 5 billion to that, hoping that the market would sustain the little blip bump that they had created. Uh, but here, okay, didn't work. They pumped basically $2 trillion in the last few days into a market since Friday. And the market still fell 3,000 point, which is completely unprecedented. That is, you know, they say if every problem that you have looks like a nail. If, if, if uh, the only tool you have is a hammer, then every problem you look, that you have looks like a nail. This is it right there, okay? Cutting interest rates, they cut interest rates to zero. And uh, they pump, the market full of money and it still fell. Okay. And what that means is that they can keep going like this, but people have completely lost confidence. And what it means is that they, they, they're, they're printing money out of nothing. Right. So they have the ability to do that because they're the Federal Reserve. Um, They print their own money. They're like a big counterfeit operation, right? And they can use that money to buy up the market. But if they become the only player on the market and own all the shares they basically that effect is basically uh they they become one big monopoly of every corporation on the market you see and this is where this is going right so that's that's kind of the way to understand what's going on they're crowding out real trades real people owning shares um and uh owning parts and companies And they're basically, when those people are willing to sell because they lose confidence in the market that they think they're going to take a loss, so they they sell. Then these counterfeiters come in and with their counterfeit money, they buy up the market until they own the entire thing, right? So you have to understand that, you know, even whether you believe this virus is real or not, if you, you know, if you're still not convinced, then at this point, I'm probably not going to convince you. But despite that, the what's going on has caused the damage. Like this is not, we're, we're not going to, the virus will maybe gone in a few months, maybe gone in a year, but the damages that this event has done, we're not going back to the world we were in just a few weeks ago. All right. Now, what that world will look like is pretty hard to say, but I think a lot of that depends on how we start to act. Okay, uh, so I'm gonna close this shall Just uh... okay, uh, yeah. One last thing, uh, on the same um, the same subject here. So I'm gonna share. share. Okay, so one last thing is I, I've been looking at this for quite some time now. Um, the 2008, I was building a house shortly after that I had planned in 2008. We finished the construction in 2010. I was, because of the mortgage, the construction mortgage heavily involved with the bank uh, throughout the last crisis, which by comparison to what's going on now, is gonna be, that's gonna be almost forgotten. It was so mild. What's going on now is basically what we expected would happen, but what they did is they printed a bunch of money, papered things over, and a lot of people that are into trading have been watching for this event. Okay, you have to understand the problem isn't the coronavirus, the problem is the debt. We've been pumping the system full of debt for a while now. It's basically, um, it's this big bubble. The problem is the bubble, okay? Um, The the, the virus is only what popped the bubble. But the problem was there to begin with. So that's why myself, a lot of people I know have kind of been, you know, preparing. I don't have a lot of means I, you know, I, I work a normal job and, and we've had mortgage payments and we've rented out half our house to, to make those, uh, those payments, and taxes have been going up. And so, you know, if, it, if I was rich and it had millions of dollars, I could have, you know, had my own bunker by now, I guess, or something like that. But, um, but yeah, I mentally, I think the, the best thing that I've done is I've mentally prepared this is not a surprise for me what was gonna cause the event I couldn't tell I, I didn't know whether it was gonna be a war a virus um you know another debt bubble popping there was no way of knowing but I knew that this was coming the same way that um you know you know there's gonna be a rainy day right you've got you know two three weeks of sun but you know Eventually, it rains. You don't know when it's going to rain. You don't know how hard, but you know it's going to happen. So you don't, you know, because it's been sunny for three, four days, you don't go and get rid of your umbrella or get rid of your shelter, your house or whatever. So um, so this isn't a surprise. It may come as a surprise to a lot of people. And I have a lot of sympathy for the people, um, the Millennials right now, uh, because they were quite young in the last crash, and they've had uh, a norm that's not always been the norm, right? I was born in 1970. So I've seen um, the stagflation of the same, I was quite young, but you know, it it wasn't that far ago, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, 2000s. But It's easier when you're older to see these things, to see certain things repeat themselves, see how the government deals with things, see how successful or unsuccessful they are and kind of make your decision on that. And for sure, it's not because we're older that we all agree on on what comes next or what to do, but the thing is, things are gonna change now. And I I think a lot of people that were suffering under how things are going um, will probably be happy Uh, That things are changing, but a lot of it is going to get harder and Depending how we choose to act things could get very bad Uh, If we choose to act correctly things could really turn for the better because this crash is long overdue seriously, is. and in a way it's almost a good thing that it's really a bubble that got pricked, and it's going to affect everybody now. It's going to affect employees. It's going to affect employers. It's going to affect government. It's going to affect banks, big corporations. Now, last time, like I said, uh, the, the the governments basically borrowed all this money. They prom they they bailed out corporations. And basically how that works is that money that they borrowed is their promise to tax the population in the future to pay back that money, right? So it's not a surprise that taxes keep going up. So if you understand that, they're likely to try the same thing, that's their modest operandi, okay? That's their go-to, that's all they know how to do when things are tough, they don't allow things to recalibre Uh, they don't allow corporate big corporations too big to fail corporations to fail sell off their assets to new entrepreneurs smaller uh, smaller businesses that may start up something different or be lighter and not so big no instead they pump it pull the money they make those too big to fail corporations even bigger compounding the problem but i don't think that's going to work now I I think a lot of people have just kind of been waiting for this to happen and they got fooled in 2008. I I don't think they're going to get fooled now, okay? Um, So I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't think we're going back to the way things were. And um, I want to make an appeal to everybody, get close to your community, stop the fighting, since 2011, 2010, when the Occupy Movement scared the shit out of the people in power because it was basically the right and the left, the common folks coming together and starting something. And I know that's not how, if you weren't involved, I know that's not how it was presented in the media, but I saw a real push by 2012 to really divide out that group between the left and the right, start the bickering again, start, you know, calling all the right-wings racists and, and uh, bigots and Nazis and calling the left-wing, you know, crazies. And and, and, and that started then and it just ramped up. And I have never seen countries so divided. And I'm hoping that this, these events that are happening now we can use that to bring ourselves closer, to, to, to get back, to being able to talk to each other, to not have that knee-jerk reaction to call out names and, uh, and dehumanize each other because we have a different point of view. Um, I'm really hoping uh, that that's the direction we're going to go and that we can keep things from getting really bad. All right. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, like I said, I won't be going out much. I'll be going out for to walk the dog probably, and take care of a few things away from the crowds uh, today. Uh, I'm doing relatively good. I've got a few symptoms. Kind of nasal passages are a little bit irritated, and I still have a little bit of lumps. I'll try to get some rest today, and hopefully it goes away. And uh, hopefully I'm not. Actually, infected with the coronavirus, but I'm not gonna go out there and infect you. Thanks for listening. If you're um, interested in uh, anything that was covered today, if you have any questions, or if you have things that you'd like me to cover, uh, leave it in the comments below. I'll be glad to have a look at it and do my best to um, take this in the direction that my audience would like. All right? Thanks for listening and have a good day.